Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Hunt the World, Rolling Bones Outdoors. Hey, we do so many lead-ins that once in a while I got to mess with you there, you know. Come on, bleep. So, hey, welcome to the Bone Cave. Guess what we have today? We have hashtag 393 sitting right across from me. And to my right is his elk that just got back from the uh, taxidermist. Three and a half months later, we have that elk back. Fifth, I, 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 tell, I, I, I tell the story that Brad, we saw this bull in the morning and I told him to shoot it and he didn't. And then when we saw it again in the afternoon, I said, okay, Brad, let's just start. And this is all on film, by the way. I said, let's start this conversation this way, Brad. He has 53-inch beams minimum, maybe 54. And so I, I tell him, that's 108 inches that we're starting with, and we haven't even added one tine, all right? And then Brad, Brad goes, are, are you on him? Yeah, I'm going to shoot him, boom, that, that fast. <laughs> he, 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 gives me, he gives me like no time. You did, you did get it on video, right? Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I Do you it, see the red? I got it on video, Nick. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so anyway... Brad, Brad, now, now when I say he's got 53, 54 inch beams, Brad goes, um, no, the one's 55 and a half inches. Just want to let you know. So anyway, <laughs> so we got Brad, we got Brian Martin who just had a step away real quick. He'll be right back. And we have the uh, one and only, so we got the great Brad Dana, the, uh, the eccentric Brian Martin and the one mountain man, Brian Martin, Brian, the mountain man, Martin. And then uh, um, Wild Man, uh, the one, the only, the great Nick Munt. So, anyway, appreciate you guys being on here today. You could do the, let's Heck get yeah. ready to rumble with that voice. I could. Thing. <laughs> and I'm Brian Maiman. Um, and so, anyway, but thanks for joining in today. Thanks for listening in. No matter where you're at in the world, we hope you're all safe healthy and looking forward to going on your next hunting adventure and speaking of hunting adventures this episode is 100 percent dedicated to 209 and 7 8 inches of kansas is that right and i apologize that you had to wait so long for this i tried to add it in to the last one but i got voted down yeah i, I, I don't think there was a vote i just vetoed that shit right now i'm like uh, we gotta do this right. on a separate one so nick you were in kansas here a couple weeks ago is that right that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, first week in, in November, shot this buck on the seventh. Seventh. Probably Ooh. the best, probably the best day uh, in my mind in the Midwest to hunt whitetails, seventh of November. You know what? I, I've always said growing up in Iowa, the, the, the odd number seven to nine, anywhere from seven to nine, those three days were like the best days to be in the woods in Iowa. Well, that deer is yeah. just amazing. Congratulations. Um, how bad was Thank your heart you, pounding? Did, did you shoot tons well, and tons and tons of stuff. Did it get you jacked up? It did. It did. And the story, you know, that comes along with the whole thing. Um, I don't know if you want me to tell you that now. I want to hear the whole little, story. A little longer in this. 
<laughs> so it was it was one of those it was one of those deals where um it was a roller coaster ride i hung this stand the year before um on a on a, on a spot on the north edge of the farm um across the street to the north is a big chunk of timber and and the deer move back and forth between the two properties the guy that owns the, the piece across the road from us is a real good guy i've known him for years his name's troy he's from louisiana and uh, he's got a, a, a hell of a piece of ground over there. And so these deer filter back and forth and he's real selective and he kills a lot of big deer over there. So we were both getting this deer on, on camera. And uh, so I went in this day and it was one of those days that just felt really good. It was uh, super high pressure, open sky, sunny. And just one of those days when you step out of the truck and you go, they're going to be moving, you know? So um, my camera guy and I, Jacob Keel, we head in, we sneak in there and and we get up in this stand and um, it's basically on the edge of a bunch of CRP and cedars uh, with heavy um, uh, like box elders and ash trees behind us. And I'm right at kind of a, a road comes from, from the north behind us. We're, we're facing south. The road comes and then tees into another little road. So we're kind of at a, at a three-way um, tee in a, in a basically like a mode area there. So on the way into the stand, we get up in the stand and uh, as soon as I get up and I get settled, I looked down on my lanyard and my rangefinder had broken off and was gone. Oh, that's and a so immediately feeling. I was like, ah, oh. yeah, because I mean I range, right. I range religiously, you know, obviously bow hunting. So right off the bat, I was like, well, this sucks. And we were in the stand, we were getting settled, and we weren't in the stand five minutes, and all of a sudden I hear something coming to the left, and a doe busts out of the trees, and there's a really good four by four, uh, 150 inch, 145 to 150 inch four by four is right on her with his mouth open. He's chasing her. They run by at about 40 to 50 yards and they cut through the trees and they disappear into this big, big cedar pocket where a lot of deer like to go in bed and, and kind of run around in there. So I was like, Holy crap, that was fast. You know, we just, I, I, I told Jacob too, we, we got here in just, just in time. I mean, we were barely even set up. In fact, he was still setting up his camera gear. So I said, oh, man, this is going to be a good night. So we kept kind of moving around, getting ready. And maybe two minutes later, I heard something else coming. I go, right here, right here, right here. So I look over, and, man, this thing pops out of the woods. And he comes out into the tall grass, and he's kind of walking around in circles um, like, bird, like a bird dog. He's looking for the, the buck and the doe that just ran by. So I got out my call, um, grunted at him a couple of times, and he started heading my way. But then he circled back and he was just really trying to find the scent of those two other deer. Well, I, if I'd have had my rangefinder, I mean, I would have smoked him right there because he was about between 40 and 50. And I'm just not afraid to shoot at that range, you know. And so he stood there for a long time, just kind of sniffing around and looking, trying to figure mm -hmm. it out. And then he cut to the right and, and uh, came through some cedars and came right in front of me. And again, he was at about 50 yards and I was just crapping my pants because I you know, I knew I could make that shot pretty easily if I had my rangefinder. So I let him go and he goes in where the, where the other buck and the doe disappeared to. So, you know, with all this, that's going on this, this, this fast, um, I literally was just jacked. I was shaking like crazy. And, you know, he's such a huge buck. Well, I didn't realize at the time that he was my target buck that we had been getting pictures of. I, I, I knew he had big stickers off the back but I didn't have time to study him through binoculars. I just knew he was a shooter. And, and I, at that point I just quit looking at his horns and I was just focused on killing him, you know? 
And so um, they disappear into the, into the brush there. And um, I had my bow in my hand. I had my release. Um, I had just switched to a thumb release um, kind of late in the summer. I was starting to just get a little bit of, of target panic with my old wrist release that I've been shooting. Um, I shoot a true ball release. It's called the Beast. And I had been shooting it for, for 12 years and I was starting to get a little bit of target panic on long shots, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 were okay. But some of those 70, 80, 90, hundred yard shots that I practice on at home to make my easier shots better, I was starting to get a little bit of tar target panic. So I decided to switch to this true ball uh, T-Rex, it's called, it's a bone collector release. So I, so I got it, um, practice a bunch with it and all the years that I've been hunting, I've always seen guys take their thumb releases and attach them to their string and just let them hang right from the string loop. And so I always wondered like how many guys actually drop their release in this situation, you know, no, and I've asked guys <laughs> and I've asked guys a bunch of times, like, aren't you afraid that things going to fall off? And, you know, cause when I was filming and stuff too, you know, I asked guys like, aren't you afraid that things going to hit the ground? No, it's all right. Blah, blah, blah. Oh. So no kidding. As soon as those deer are gone, I kind of bend over to do something and my release hits my arm oh. and it goes falling out of the stand. So now then you're I, so then cussing I'm just completely, like crazy. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and this is only a minute and a half, two minutes after these deer were gone. So I literally, and if you watch it on the show, um, I literally cussed and my, and my cameraman said, What's, what happened? I said, I dropped my release. And he's like, no way. So I said, I gotta, I gotta hurry up and go down and get it. So I, undo my safety harness. I swing around. Um, I have a lifeline. Um, I, I swim, I swing around. I actually didn't undo my uh, safety harness because I had the lifeline. So I swing around, I pull my knot down and I'm standing on the steps. All of a sudden I hear something running and my camera guy says right here, right here. And I look down and the eight point comes and, he, and literally he gets it on camera. He comes running right underneath the stand. He just comes loping back to where, from where he came from. <laughs> so now all I can think about ah! Now all you're really about, pissed. All I can, oh yeah, all I can think about is this big one's going to be chasing him out of there now, you know, because he's got that doe and he's going to be chasing him. So I sit there for a second. That deer runs off. Nothing happens. So I shimmy down the tree, grab my release, get back up, get in the stand. Right after I get back in the stand, I mean, all hell breaks loose. There's bucks running around. We see a big mature buck to the right. Um, a couple minutes later, another buck comes running out of where those two bucks came from and runs across out in the field in the tall grass is um, an, a really old buck with a big four by side on one side and then a double main beam, super heavy, old, like a six or seven year old buck. He's out there. And I was just praying that he was, he wouldn't come in because I mean, I probably would have shot him because I just don't pass up good deer, you know, especially in the time that we have, you know, we have four or five, six days to hunt a spot. Usually if a good one comes by, you shoot. Well, so now, um, a couple other bucks come and it's just, it's like the best night of hunting I've ever, I've ever witnessed really. So, um, so I decide now it kind of quiets down. It's been about an hour, 45 minutes. And I said to my camera guy, all right, I'm going to rattle, you know, uh, this buck's still in here. Cause I kept hearing stuff out in those, in the brush in front of us. And so, um, I grabbed my rattle bag, you know, uh, bone collector game calls. We got this cool little rattle bag. Um, so I grabbed it smacked it together, rolled it around, made a bunch of racket, turned, set it in my bag, and no sooner than I set it in my backpack, here he comes. He just pops out of the, the brush, and he's standing there looking around, and I said, here he is, here he is. And so he turns, 
and he's got a big tree between us and the deer. So he can't get on the deer right away. So, so I'm kind of commentating, telling him what's going on. Um, and then the deer starts coming our way. Well, when the deer kind of gets where he's hidden and he's moving, I turn because I've got to go over my right shoulder, my bow's hanging. So I grab my bow and I come around and I go to clip my release on and my arrow had fallen off of my bow. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> is this so now I'm, is this your, like your first oh, day? I felt like it. This man. is like your first date with a chick that you're moving in for the lip lock. The, this is like you with Mallory when you she said, yes, I'll go out with you. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was crazy, you know, and, and the, the funny part is, is like when I was guiding um, years ago, I used to have these dreams that, you know, I was I was the one getting to pull the trigger and these huge bucks would be coming toward me. And all of a sudden I'd draw my bow and the wheels would come off my bow. My release would break or I forgot <laughs> my release. All these, I mean, seriously, it happened to me all the time. I had dreams like this. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, this is coming to real life. Biggest buck of my life. So um, and, and this brings you back brings you back to where you're asking me about if I was shaking like a leaf, blah, blah, blah. So, well, that whole scenario didn't make it any time, better, did it? <laughs> well, the, 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 when the deer came out the first time, I seriously was unglued. I hadn't had a, a moment like that for a lot of years where I'm like shaking and like just totally jacked up like that. So now I'm, I'm super calm because I pretty much got rid of all that. You know, all my adrenaline was gone because I dumped it on the first time. And I just kept saying every five minutes, I look at my camera, cameraman and go, God, I can't believe it. You know, he was right here with us. I could have killed him, but I didn't have a range finder. So now he's coming. So I turn and, and when I'm in a, when I'm in a Western hunting situation, if I'm hunting elk or mule deer or, you know, whatever, I keep my, my, my quiver on my bow because it's just a lot easier. If you need a follow up shot, it's there on your bow. But when I'm whitetail hunting, I usually take my quiver off and hang it up. Cause you typically, typically get one shot. If you don't, if you don't kill him, which, you know, I've been pretty fortunate. I don't miss a lot you get a shot and then you don't get a second shot. So I have my, my quiver hanging on the tree. So now I've got to turn. I got to pop a quick, an arrow out of my quiver, load it onto my bow. Well then, well then right after that, I've, I've got all these little cameras in the tree, all my tacticams and there's one on my, on my bow. I reach in my pocket, turn on my tacticams and the deer comes and And now he, instead of coming to the left where I was hoping he'd come into the open, he cuts to the right. And there's this huge old Osage orange tree. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with those, but there's a million limbs on them yep. and you can't, I mean, you can barely see through them. They're just terrible. So now he's <laughs> clipping through behind there and, and I come to full draw and now he stops and he's standing and he's standing, he's standing. So, you know, we're going on, a, you know, 30, 40 seconds. I'm at full draw. So then I, then I start letting down because I'm starting to get tired. Well, as soon as I start letting down, he starts walking again. So now I get a little burst of adrenaline. I come back to full of drag and he comes and he comes into a hole that's literally like volleyball size type hole. And I grunted at him, stopped him and let it go. And he's quarter away really hard. So it, you know, went down through and um, I shot him with a, a G5 Havoc, which is a two blade, super, super sharp. Um, and as soon as the arrow hit him, blood just started spraying out of there. So I just knew I made a good shot. And, you know, it was one of those deals where I just couldn't believe, you know, that I got a second opportunity and it happened to be top pin range. So I didn't have to range him, you know, and, um, he, he ran over, ran up the road and cut to the right and then cut in some really thick stuff. And so, you know, we celebrated a little bit and looked at it again on camera. I could tell, you know, I, I knew, cause as soon as I saw the arrow hit him, 
you know, with my naked eye, I could just see blood just squirting out of him. And uh, so then he runs off and, and we give it a little bit of time. Um, we crawl down out of the tree and it's like, get to the bottom of the tree. And I was just like, you know, we went from, from being just down in the dumps because he didn't get a shot at this Boone and Crockett. And then all of a sudden, an hour later, I'm going to recover him, you know? And so just, just elated, wow. ecstatic. And, you couldn't have had much more um, go wrong at the beginning and you still, uh, it was still got her done. <laughs> it was, a, it was a show. It really was, but you know, luckily, um, was able to hold it all together. So we, we, we go up to the edge of the trees and it's real open hardwoods kind of down through there where he was. And so, um, when I, when I popped kind of through some tall grass and got to the edge where I could see into the timber, I see a pretty dang big buck walking straight away from me through the timber. And then all of a sudden he just runs off and he doesn't raise his tail. I'm thinking, no way. You know, I was just like beside myself. <laughs> and at this point at, at, at the first impact, there was just a ton of blood. And I just couldn't, I couldn't believe that after about 60, 70 yards, the blood had just gone to pin drop. So now I'm starting to second guess myself when, you know, sure you are. over the years when I've over, over the years when I've made shots, I, I typically know right away. My instinct tells me right away, whether he's dead. We're not going to have to wait on this bugger or, you know, <laughs> so I go up there and I stop and I get down on my knees and I just start glass and glass. And finally I see him, he's, he's dead. You know, I could see him, you know, laying in the tree. So I went up and as soon as I picked him up, man, he's, he's one of three animals I've ever killed in my life that grew on me. And, um, you know, I was thinking this buck was, Mid to, mid to high 80s, maybe low 190s, but when I picked him up, I was just like, oh, my God, he was just a monster, you know. And then um, we took him back to camp, and, and uh, one of the guys there at camp, Todd Bigby, who works with Whitetail Properties, he's killed Hello, a bunch Todd. of 200-inch bucks. He, he came, came over he came over to look at him. He said, he said Nick, you know, this thing's he's, – he's over 200. And I said, you think? He said, oh, yeah, he's definitely – he's in the 200s for sure. And so um, – we just kind of celebrated that night and then the next morning uh, we took him up and I caped him out and um, I put a tape on him. And, and once I, once I kind of got my columns lined up and I, <laughs> you know, got the totals going, I just couldn't believe it. But he ended up two and nine, seven, eights and man, just, uh, you know, what I never thought I'd kill a 200 incher, you know, so wow. it, was, it was quite a roller coaster ride. And um, it was nice too. Cause I got to go back to camp. My wife was there and she got to celebrate it with me because I've been to, I've been to Hooray a couple of times when, she got there the day after um, I did, and I killed, you know, right away. The last buck that I killed there was, uh, he was 170, 168-inch uh, buck, but he had a 10-inch point busted. And she got there the day after I killed it. And so it was nice to be able to have her there in camp and, and uh, share that with her. And then, you know, we just had a huge party that night. It was great. So it was, uh, it was quite a deal, you know. Well, that's well, super you, cool. So, so I got to ask a question. Um, you said one of three animals. I got a feeling uh, the, the other, other one has moose, to do with the Yukon. The mute moose <laughs> yeah. and the big 226 two, 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 mule deer. So which one's yeah, grew the, on you? The, the 226 mule, well, the moose too. I forgot about that, so that's four. But the 226 so mule deer, I shot him. I shot him and, um, um, you know, I was thinking he was probably going to be like 205, 210. But then when we got over there, I mean, he was just, I mean, definitely – the, those two deer, the Kansas deer and and the the Utah or the Arizona mule deer buck are the two biggest body deer I've ever killed. I've put several deer on the scale whitetails that weighed literally 250 pounds on the button, live weight, and this deer from Kansas was considerably bigger. 
And the deer that I shot on the Arizona strip is the biggest deer I've ever seen. I've ever put my hands on. I've ever been a part of. He was, I don't know. We had to, we, I, I didn't want to screw up his cape. So we literally carried him to a road. He, he died about 150 yards from a, from a little two track that we could get to as a pickup. And there was five or six of us carrying him and we had to stop about five times. He was well over 300 pounds and he grew, you know, 20, 20 inches on me. He was, wow. he was amazing. Just monstrous. And then, uh, I shot a buck in Eastern Colorado that, uh, I shot was, I thought was in the mid one sixties. He was just a, a slick five by five and, um, he grew too. And he ended up being one seventy five. but Brian, you're, you're, you're right on this moose. So the uh, moose I that I shot, thinking, yeah. the, the last one, um, the last moose that I shot in Alaska, this Yukon moose, called him in from a couple of miles away. He came across the valley. And the funny part was when he, when he started heading our way, um, my cameraman had a tag too. And so the, kind of the deal was he could shoot after I killed or if there was a bull I didn't want to kill, he could shoot it. So this bull starts coming across from way across. And, you know, it was tough to see because he was so far. Well, as he started coming across, I told my camera guy, I said, you know, you might want to just run and go get your bow. So we were probably about, oh, at that point, half a mile from camp. So he runs back to camp, gets his bow, <laughs> comes back up. And now the bull, you know, in that time he gets down, and he's now he's crossing the creek in the bog in the bottom of this huge canyon. And as he comes across the bog, he kind of trips and falls and his head pops up. And when it does that, I see how big his fronts are. And I see all these huge points sticking out the side. I see one of these. <laughs> I see one of his, his like, um, Bez type points, I guess you call them had a big fork in it. And when Cohen gets back, I said, bro, I, I, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> if this thing comes in, I'm shooting him. And he's like, you prick, you know, you made me walk all the way back. And I said, but I didn't know. So, so, so the bull comes and he beds down below us. He beds down below us, you know, probably close to a half a mile and he beds down for four or five hours. So we're waiting. So I just said, all right, so we're going to start sneaking down. We're going to get close. We're going to get into within about 300 yards of him. And then my buddy, Mike was at the top of the hill. And when I give you the signal, Mike, you start calling and you cow call, I'm going to grunt. He'll stand up. So it worked out perfect. Mike started cow calling. The bull wasn't doing anything, but just as soon as I started grunting and I started raking a tree, I, I rigged up a, an oil can on a stick and it just echoes like crazy. So I started raking it and just really grunting hard, man, all of a sudden, boom, he stood up out of his bed and he, and he took off coming well since i had hunted there a bunch i knew there's like a corner of timber and the wind was kind of blowing from my left to right and i knew he was going to cut that corner of timber and try to get a wind so the last time i called he grunted at us he was sitting there looking at where the noise was coming from and then he took off so i said i know where we got to go let's go Cohen. we took off and we ran and we ran and we ran and we got down in there um so we stopped and we could hear him grunting and man I mean, it was sweet because I never made another call, but literally he walked out in front of us 20 yards. He came right to us at 20 yards. And when he got to a, a spot, he was about 35 yards. He had to make a choice to go you know, to my right or to my left. And luckily he came to the left and walked right up in there. And um, you know, I shot him and, and I knew he was pretty big, but once I got up on him, man, it was amazing. And I had a guy measure him and I haven't had him, uh, officially scored i think he, he'll probably have to be panel scored but um, the guy that the guy that measured him for me was on the wild, uh, tennessee wildlife commission he scored him 
um, at the tax room. He shot down there, and he he was tied for number nine all time. So wow, is he a high two twenties or two thirty? Two twenty seven and a little bit of change. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, we that, you had giant. that at Marks that night, didn't you? Is that, no. is that net is score that, or gross score? Or is that a no, different? He just one? killed this a year ago. Oh, uh, uh, you know, I think net. I think net, Brian. I yeah, because for Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young, it's the same system, and that's a net score they would give. So he would gross score in the yeah. low two thirties because he didn't have any deductions. Yeah, he's he's a monster, and so obviously he's probably not gonna. He's you know once he gets panel scored. I just hope he stays in the top 15. To be honest with you, I've never entered a, an animal in Pope and Young or Boone and Crockett. I've got, uh, I think I've got four or five Boone and Crockett animals now, but I just have never, I've never entered yeah, one. We of never them. have um, either. I've, and I've probably got 40, you know, Pope and Young type animals, but uh, I think I'll enter him just because he should be top 20. Are you, um, if you had, if, if I could say you could only shoot the moose or the Kansas whitetail, what would you, what would you shoot? Oh man, yeah. I don't know, buddy. That's tough. <laughs> the moose all the way for me, but you love moose. That's tough. Yep. Yeah, I love moose hunting too, man. It I'd rather hunt moose thing. and elk, but not Shiras moose. Shiras moose was not as fun. Low density. Yeah, these these Yukon. I would take you know, the I've moose. killed. I've killed a Shiras. I killed a. I killed a hell of a bull. My dad and I went on a hunt in Manitoba, and I killed a hell of a bull there. My dad killed a Boone Crockett uh, moose, and then. And then, um, you know, I've killed one in, in the Yukon with the Olmsteads, and then I've killed the two on do-it-yourself hunts. You know, this this one that I last, they're both do-it-yourself hunts, the two I've killed in Alaska. Yeah, that's one of the reasons it grew, because once you drop one of those big gnarly suckers and you look at it and you know that it's got to go in your pack. <laughs> yeah, this, um, oh you know, my this, gosh. this bull that I shot was uh, 22 pack loads of, you know, I don't know, 50 pounds plus. And then, you know, the, the horns, um, I actually, I actually did a post the other day, um, asking people what they thought my moose horns weighed. And after, um, you know, after having it all dried out, all the meat dried and everything and boiled off the skull, weighed 68, 69 pounds. Okay. Yeah. 68 pounds is what he was. That's what the skull cut off or the whole skull. That's the, that's what the skull on, but, um, boiled. So with the nose bone, the nails of bone, and the teeth and everything? 100 pounds. 85. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been, you know, carrying it out, it would have been close no. to 100 pounds with all the meat and shit pounds, on it. Yeah. Well, they, it's they crazy. Drive it. Well, did yeah. you, uh, um, so you obviously brought the cape out. Oh, yeah. It was, it was. A, a, a moose plus, cape is know? as heavy as a big grizzly skin or yeah. heavier. Oh. Well, you know what? I, yeah, I, I remember. You know what? Yeah. The funny, the funny part about that too is, is we, that week, we shot three bulls and a big grizzly, and I carried that grizzly skin out from it. Was, the, it was from, lighter from, than from the my moose, moose kill. Oh my gosh, dude! It was it was brutal. It, it, I mean, it was brutal. It was the last. It was the last load of the of the trip. We were there ten days, like I said, three bulls and a grizzly bear, and it was brutal. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you worked your oh, anatomy man. off. Well, man. that's so cool. Yeah. That's well, a, so that's a neat so you story. got the mule deer, the whitetail, the moose, and what's the fourth one? Your wife. Or something else. Yes. Yeah. Yep. My <laughs> wife was the the other trophy that uh, grew wrapped yeah. up on her man. There was no ground on that one. He said 160 uh, inch whitetail that grew to 175 on him. Oh. So that was the uh, when I first saw her. When I saw her from behind, I thought she was maybe a four and a half. She's so your when top. She turned around in the wind. <laughs> the wind caught her hair, 
Straight to ten. Straight <laughs> to ten. <laughs> She's your trophy white tail. And then he dropped. And then, it, <laughs> then he dropped. Is that his before release. or after you super glued a unicorn horn yeah, on her forehead? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then he dropped his release, and his uh, bow wheels fell off. Yeah. And he went up and talked to him. And went, <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why she calls me 22nd Tony, but I don't know why. <laughs> it makes you no difference. You can what edit it, that out, what, whatever, that, whatever that means, uh, it makes no difference. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's uh, awesome. Well, what? that is such a great story, man. That's uh, a. Yeah, I just feel that, lucky, man. It was it was great. Well, you know what, Nick? Congratulations. It, you know, it's no different. All Brian Sheep and his giant uh, Marco Polo two years ago, right? It's no different than three your, years ago now. It's it's no different. Time flies. So three years Let's ago. Let's hear that. Mark, what's that? Let's hear that story. I haven't heard that story, and and I think you know, since we're here telling our, our greatest trophy story, let's hear that one, we, Brian. We, I we don't have that. time to do that one, do we? <laughs> Five minutes. I'll be like old two pump chump over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta do it. Yeah, you do what you can. You got to work. With. You gotta do so it like bleep, you gotta bleep, do it like they do it on the Discovery Channel. Bleep, bleep oh, pass. You know kind of love you clean up with a bleep, mop and bucket. <laughs> bleep, bleep. Bleep has to go because uh, um, he's got to roll bleep. out of here. But uh, um, one of the things we should do is we should do because because I've only had you, so that what, what I was going to say is you've killed giants you killed that just that giant elk okay and we've all killed like I've only killed a few uh, Boone and Crockett's too I killed that 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 two oh five mule deer uh, oh, but, yeah you know and and when you walk up onto something. And it's like a cartoon character. You're like, holy smokes! That's, I thought I knew it was big, but this is ridiculous. That doesn't happen very often in a hunter's life. But no, but no, when you hunt as hard as all of us do, and you spend as much time out in the in the wild, running out of camps, dealing with stuff, I mean, it's going to happen. The so. ibex hunt and the Marco Polo hunter are, I mean, both those animals grew. I knew they were big, but I didn't know they were quite as big as they were. And those are both super hard, epic hunts, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Those are super. Hard. Want to do it, man? I want to do it someday with you. I want to. Yeah, do but it. That, those are, those are actually legit hunting stories, right? No BS, no, no yeah, trail we'll, cams. We'll nothing. do. Well, let's do one on that. Let's That'd be one. cool. Let, yeah, let's like have. Do yeah. Let's do this. Let because because I would love to have Nick back on for that. So let's have Nick back on. Let's do one with yours, and then because um, you got a couple uh, that are good, and we should plan forty-five minutes an hour. And uh, um, well, and I can tell good stories in like I mean, probably seven to eight, seven to ten minutes per animal's good without getting boring. Yeah, no, but we all have two or three. Yeah, yeah. Because what I want to hear is I want to hear Nick's. Um, I also want to hear Nick's Arizona um, one day. Yeah. How do you how do you judge an animal at two ten and you walk up to it and it's two twenty seven? That's seventeen inches of holy. Shit. Um, you know, so let's do it. Let's do another one. You guys want to do another? Yeah. One? Nick? Sounds good. Nick, you in? Yeah, I'm in, man. You know that. I, hey, I'm, I got a BS degree in just about everything, so let's it's do it. Been, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, all right. Nothing better than a hunting story, though. All right. Great. Well, congratulations, Nick. Awesome story. Uh, great, great, thanks, guys. great deer. And until uh, yeah. next time. Okay, thanks for joining us today on this episode of Hunt the World. And uh, we appreciate you being here. You'll find us anywhere you find podcasts. All right, Spotify, Google Play, and many other locations. Stay safe, be healthy, and until next time, happy hunting.